Welcome to another episode of the Bitter Jury Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Mai, and I'm joined by Westoff and Charles, as always, to recap a now finished and completed season of Survivor. Guys, how have you been? Have you guys enjoyed Survivor? Have I converted you guys to being Survivor fans? Uh, I think, according to the conversation we just ended 30 seconds before recording, you have officially uh, converted me over to the dark side, according to how Sarah now categorizes it. Trust me, I spent all of Christmas break trying to convince Sarah to join us on the dark side. I got my mom and dad on the Survivor train. Not Sarah just yet, but I will say I left for the holidays a newbie to Survivor, and I have returned a Survivor savant. Charles? Maybe, maybe not watching five seasons in a month, but you know. Yeah, no, I've definitely been watching other things of a little bit more interest, but um, Squid no, Games. I'm here for it. What's that? Is it Squid Games, you mean? Um, I've been watching Biggie. the challenge, but I've been I've been in an anime mode here lately, um, and trying to finish up the Handmaid's Tale. But anyway, but no, definitely fully converted. I'm glad that um, I've been along for this ride. So. Um, even though I've forgotten the finale at this point, definitely uh, <laughs> excited to hear what you all have to say. I mean, I, I hope I hope we continue this into 46. I mean, you guys better. We, we've got we've ran with this for so long. So uh, I want to start things off with an episode that we didn't really touch on and just kind of like the main thing that leads us into the start of the finale, which is the Drew elimination, uh, which I know was not Charles's favorite moment of this season, but um kind of breaking down the decision to go for Drew and also like most crucially in my opinion D's decision not to tell Austin about that being the plan um I don't know just general reactions to that to that vote and whether you think it's a good it was a good idea for D to to avoid telling Austin I mean I'll, my answer will be no my answer will be quick um obviously um um, pro Austin, or excuse me, pro, well, pro Austin, but also pro Drew, um, which is the most important part of that question. And from a game perspective for D, yes, it is 100% a great move. Um, she needed to hold that because I think, um, you know, kind of how she proved that she was willing to tell Julie, um, you know, certain information. Um, I think she realized that Austin was also probably willing to tell Drew um, in a similar situation. And so for her and just moving forward, like she needed to keep that closed. Um, but obviously I didn't like to see my boy go. So I was a little butt hurt about it at the end of the day. Yeah. I, I thought it was the pivot point of the season, to be honest, uh, rewatching the finale. They even brought it up in the, uh, uh, jury questioning when Emily kind of asked D what was the move she did that was strategic and not with her heart. And then also Emily called out uh, Austin for telling uh, D about the plan. And then, ha and that's what led to her spoiling it to Julie and letting them flip it on drew. Um, I think if Austin doesn't spill the beans, he probably wins the season. He keeps two top allies uh, and it, this I think that that final vote when D won was I think it was like four three or whatever it was like a one or two vote swing. One of the things I think convinced a few people to vote for D was the fact that she was able to take the information from Austin, showing that she could nurture that relationship, 
but then not share with Austin that she told Julie. And that gave her some sort of strategic leg to stand on outside of her heart and social moves. Uh, and without that to put on a resume, uh, maybe she doesn't beat Austin in the end because he was a cop beast and had almost every power there was in the game. But she could point to this move and say, look, I did something strategic and it wasn't with my heart. It was with something I hid it from the person who I was in a showman's with. So. Well, Westoff has jumped straight to the end, but we're but before we get to that, um, no, we if you episode, haven't seen it, it's been a month. So something that surprised me was like when you come into the finale, Austin was very forgiving with the way that D kind of broke to him, you know, and they had that conversation after, you know, D just blindsided his biggest ally. And I don't know, like you can read it one of two ways. Like maybe it's a little bit like weak of Austin to just be so open to forgive to forgiving, but at the same time, like that's also his only ally left. So it's kind it's got it's got two sides to it. I don't know if you guys have an opinion. Wes was already putting his mic to his mouth. So it was his only ally left, but it was also the only person left who could beat him. So he like I think he shouldn't have been so soft in her that was one of the things i wrote on my notes about the finale was like i uh, to be true to be honest i did just binge i think seven seasons while working on our project this last december so it kind of struck me watching this tribal council how lovey-dovey it was and how like upbeat and like people in their finale speeches were like talking about they just wanted to live their best lives and enjoy survivor i'm like I just got done watching Kagayan and Pearl Islands and everything where people are cutthroat and like, you know, tell, saying that this person is a piece of shit and this is why they shouldn't win. And then, you know, we've got this lovey-dovey finale and Austin forgiving D. Like, I could have used a little more of the cutthroat. I don't know. Is that the I new think, age thing going on? I Yeah, I think that comes down to just the idea of like, we're now at a point with the show where people were born after, where contestants were born after the show started. Like any person that's like in their early 20s on the show, like a Drew, remember, he was born after season one of Survivor aired. So like you're looking at people who probably spent like most of their lives watching Survivor. So like I feel like in those earlier seasons when you're looking at like a Kageon or even earlier, especially in those like single digit seasons, like people are cutthroat because the entire point of the show was the million dollars. Whereas like now you actually have people that are just like, I just wanted to come out here and experience this because I've watched this for God knows how long and like it frustrates me to a certain degree because there are certain people that can't separate like the joy of being on the show versus wanting to win. And there are some people that can see both sides of it. And I appreciate those people. Like if you are like, I enjoy, like I'm glad that I'm out here and like, it's nice to have knowing that out of the like 18 people, only one of you is going to win. So like keeping that kind of mindset is a nice kind of like consolation prize to like not break down mentally, at least the way I see it. Like if I went on the show, that's what I would think to myself just to make sure that I don't like burst out into a ball of tears. If I don't win the million, like I think that there's got to be that. Yeah. But separation you had, where you like Johnny you understand that you also have to be out here for the million. You had Johnny Fairplay lying about his grandma dying to get an advantage. Where is that? Pearl, I, I forgot. Where is that Pearl these Island. days? Like this is. Yeah. Charles, yeah. for context, uh, a reward challenge uh, when they did the loved ones, um, a guy named Johnny Fairplay uh, brought his best friend and he told his best friend to lie that his that uh, Johnny's grandma had died. 
uh, to force other players to have sympathy and throw the challenge to him and let Johnny win the reward. Like basically just throw it to him so that Johnny's friend can quote unquote, give him more closure on what happened to his grandma. And then in the confessional, and then, right and then after, cut to a like, confessional, yeah. cut to a confessional. Dude, my grandma's at home watching Jerry fucking Springer. She's not dead. Like, and it's like, I I get it. And I feel like maybe, maybe there were those moments. We don't know. Maybe it's the way that they edited and maybe the way that they wanted to portray certain people. Um, because every person has their story and every person has an upside. And like, I think it takes a dramatic move like that to really turn someone into a villain, like give them a whole entire villain edit for an entire season of a show. So like, I just feel like we haven't seen that level of just absolute cutthroatness in a while. But that's but I feel a as whole if, different argument of like why people do or not. I mean, I feel as if I just heard now, you know, to be fair, I'm not the guy that wants people to like go throwing their family members under the bus. But I feel as if I just heard that you all are okay with that happening on Survivor, but not Big Brother. What do you mean? Like the villainy, I'm in it to play the game, so let's be a little bit reckless. I'm fine with that on Big Brother. Because like I, even coming from Daniel, I, he's like, I, 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 I could diagnose why. Do you want like, me to diagnose? Like, I also see, I, I also see a reason why there's a difference. I, I, I appreciate you calling me out on that, Charles. And I quickly just diagnosed why am I like that, and I think I know why. I think if it's, it's what because, I think it is. Well, no, I think it's the live feeds. Because on Same. Survi- I was going to say live feeds. Say, on Survivor, I'm it's watching for at most 13 hours. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm I'm not invested in the people that much. I just like a quick emotional hit, which mm-hmm. maybe that's how you watch Big Brother because you, you don't watch as many live feeds. And so you can, don't like to me on Big Brother, since I'm always watching the live feeds for 90 straight days, yeah. hours a day, I feel like I'm living in the house with them. And so when someone is that like evil or malignant it like bothers me and i just want them out of my life get out of the house versus survivor think, i'm like yeah. ah it's just a quick hit like i'll take some evil I, real quick i think They're the other end of it win money go win but here's the thing i think <laughs> the other end of it is that on survivor the way it's edited you can see it as just being strategy and that's the villainous side of it whereas on big brother sometimes it's difficult to separate is are these actions and what this person is doing like throwing a family member under the bus is that a strategy to them or is that them? Is that their personality? And I think that's where the differentiation comes. If this is somebody that like just generally is the kind of guy that just on a limb will throw his like grandma under the bus just for shits and giggles, that to me is okay. But if you're using it as a strategy strategy and you want to be cutthroat and do whatever you can to win the million, sure. I just think I mean, if that's your with that separation, if that's your instinct of your strategy, then that's part of you as a human being in general. So that guy is you can differentiate the player from the person that guy's particularly he's on a different level. He didn't even get invited (laughs) to heroes versus villains because I think he was too big of a villain. So (laughs) no, he got invited. No, he was on E's House of Villains a month ago. So oh, really? I thought I thought he would like overdose on heroin and died or something. He seemed like he had issues. We we have gone so off. We've gone so off the. What season are we talking? Sorry, I'm in a survivor whirlwind in my life the last month. All right, back to forty five. Back to forty five. Um, we get to the reward challenge. Um, I guess no. Well, uh, we don't have to necessarily. Um, so there was a challenge advantage. Uh, at camp that had to be found. Jake won that advantage for the reward. Um, 
So what did y'all think of the reward challenge? Austin won a steak di- dinner at the sanctuary where good things happen uh, and took Jake along with him. I'm pretty sure his reasoning was that Jake hadn't gone on a reward yet. Mm-hmm. So any opinions on the reward challenge itself on, you know, Austin's win and picking Jake? I don't remember the challenge um, as far as if you want to just read a quick synopsis of it. Yeah. 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 The castaways must uh, shout out to the survivor fandom wiki been saving my butt. Um, the castaways must compete, complete a low crawl before using a machete to cut through rope and release sandbags. They will throw the sandbags at targets, which when hit will reveal numbers that they will then use to solve a combination lock. With the lock solved, the key will be released, which they will bring up to a tower to release a bag of puzzle pieces. First person to build their three-tiered puzzle wins. Okay, that only slightly helped, but um, it, it was a it was a tier where they had like poles, yeah. and you had to like I remember like, different it. I just don't remember the the big part. I just don't remember watching it. Jake yeah. got a head start, and then it came down to Jake and uh, Austin, Austin neck yeah. and neck. And Jake forgot a puzzle piece. He like yeah, was that was the one that something. was just sitting there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't feel any kind of way about it, to be honest. Um, I felt a little bad for Jake, uh, just because the piece was literally right there, and he just couldn't figure that out at that point. Even with Jeff saying like there may be one more piece, um, but obviously happy for Austin. Good job, Austin. Yeah, I interesting that Austin chose Jake. Uh, I mean, it did seem like he wanted Jake to be in the finals with him. I mean, you can see why he didn't have the biggest resume. So, I mean, the steak dinner reward, it helps you do better in the challenge the next day. So that's helping him out a little bit there to maybe beat Katura. And then also you see later uh, Austin helping Jake practice his fire building. So it just seemed like Austin had in his mind he wanted to be in the end with d and jake and this was just one of the moves he made to help make it happen and obviously it worked out i'm gonna be honest i think i genuinely think austin didn't see d as that much better than him across the season because of like him not aware of certain small things that d did throughout the season that she just didn't tell him about that she was then able to like pull out as impressive because those were moves that she had kept to herself, uh, certain conversations, certain decisions. And uh, I've watched some of like the postseason stuff when like the cast talks about things that didn't make the final edit uh, that we can mention later on. But I think everybody saw like public enemy number one as being Julie, just because like, this is a whole thing of likability. And I feel like I, I had this conversation with one of my buddies the other day. Um, in the early seasons, you can tell that there's an editing f- emphasis on strategy and not social, which is why when you look at a season like, um, God, how do I not spoil anything for, for West off? No, there are certain seasons where like you have guys at the end where you're like, how the heck didn't they win? Like for example, Russell's on, on heroes versus villains. A lot of people will go, how didn't he win? But it comes down to the social game, and they didn't show how much of a jerk Russell was at a lot of times because they emphasize his strategic decisions, which were some of the best um, of the season, hands down. And so now I feel like you're starting to see a lot more of the emphasis on the social, where in my opinion, when you look at that final five, the strongest social player 
was probably Julie. When, when you look at that jury and who probably they think the highest of as a person, it's Julie. Because they're going to take into account like a whole like motherly relation type of thing. And then you come to jury and then you have people we talked about. We had a discussion like Westoff mentioned right before we started. And Westoff, you mentioned like you have jurors where like Rupert where they vote on honor code and like because I like you because you're my friend. And I feel like when you have jurors like a Rupert that think that way. You're going to have someone that's going to go into that voting booth of Julie's the final three and go, this woman mothered and nurtured me and cared for me throughout this entire season. How do I not give her a million dollars? Right. And the thing is, I understand from Austin and like all their perspective, like taking D to the end because of that makes her a liability. It makes her something to worry about. And I know Charles is not the biggest fan of like the whole like bitter juror or like, you know, throw strategy to the wind. But unfortunately, that happens. Some people are like that. Well, and to be fair, it's not even that it, I want to throw strategy to the wind, but like for me, and it's as we've been talking today, even which I know this will never happen, but like I'm sitting here thinking my ideal situation is like if you're going to vet people so far before you put them on a show, whether it's Big Brother or Survivor or whatever, like give me a season of all like nice people that are there that care about their relationship and give me a season of people that like are there to win money because like again from an entertainment perspective for me like you are signing up for something to fucking go win a life-changing amount of money fuck everybody else and if you're going on there and you're like oh my gosh like i have to think only about making a friend with somebody and not hurting somebody's feelings I don't fucking want to see you on there. And I don't want somebody to like vote for somebody that got that played better than them. And you're just fucking butthurt about it. Like, I don't know. It, I, 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 agree. I, just want to see I, I, I agree with you, Charles. I think if Austin would have made that move and tried to take out D uh, when, you know, it came back and flipped on drew, he wins the game. And if he just thought sure. about, I want the money more than I want a potential girlfriend or someone I care about. He wins. And then, and look how it turned out. I mean, I don't know if you've kept up with the uh, social media after doesn't seem like they're still together eh, according to some uh, recent news. So uh, a lot, we're a not lot of good talking about did. Wendell tonight. <laughs> we're not going to talk about Wendell Holland tonight. No, no, I refuse. We're going to go to the immunity challenge. Uh, or um, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. The first, the first challenge we just talked about was yeah. reward and immunity. My apologies. And um, we gotta talk about the tribal, right? Let's talk about the Julie vote. God, any opinions? Yeah, big opinions. Go for it. I mean, <laughs> Katura, just stick with your gut for one second, and we have an interesting finale. Like, if she just votes D, D's gone, and now. Like Austin wins, but there's three people trying to get Austin out at the at the final challenge. That's interesting. Once we had which, D, which, and, which is anyone denying a Julie, Jake, and Katora final three would have been absolute carnage. Oh, absolutely, because honestly, none of them really honestly, Julie, it. <laughs> Julie Alley probably would be a millionaire. Yeah, probably. Julie Alley would probably be a freaking millionaire right now. Wow. And, but instead, Katura got nervous and looked out for herself over the plan. And uh, I get the point. Oh, for Jake, sure. Jake didn't give her a heads up that he was going to play it on her, but like 
Jake was also desperate for like a, a flashy move. He had you saw the entire finale. He was desperately trying to find one resume builder. And so I think he I'm was not hoping... gonna lie. If I was if I was Jake, you know what I would have done? Hmm. There's a move from Survivor San Juan del Sur uh that was made at the final four, I think. And in my opinion, it is what Jake should have done. Basically, uh Natalie Anderson had an immunity. Natalie had had uh an, had an idol, sorry. And there was three other ladies with her, a girl named Jacqueline, and then two, uh, and then a pair, uh, Baylor and Missy, a mother and daughter. Um, Baylor's the daughter, Missy was the mom, and the target was Missy. And th- it was final five. Three people had voted against Jacqueline, and Natalie went up to the podium with her idol, turns around, and uh, just looks at Jeff and goes. And just says something. Then she turns to Jack and she goes, Jack, did you vote for who I told you to vote for? And Jacqueline goes, yeah, I did. And Natalie goes, I'm playing this for Jacqueline. It was the most boss move because it shows the jury the control and literally how she had the literally the entire season in like the palm of her hands. Because Natalie had convinced the other three to vote for Jacqueline so that she could like idle for Jacqueline. And then them two would vote together to take out the mom. It was brilliant, and it's what I, like, if you're Jake, that's what you should have done. Tell, like, just tell um, Katora, vote for this person. Trust me, you'll see why. It will pay off dividends. Just do it. I'll keep you safe. Then at Tribal, Katora, did you did you vote for who I told you to? Yeah, I'm playing this for, for Katora. Well, that, 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 that did happen. He did tell her about it. She just didn't vote with him. So so he would have been up there and said, did you vote the way I said? And she would have lied or said, no, I didn't. And then he'd be like, all right, I'll play it on myself. Then he'd have a, yes. Who gives, does it change anything? Would it have changed the outcome? It's in the final instead of, actually, no, it would have been uh, a re-vote, re-vote, I think. Yeah, he could have played it for Julie, would have been a re-vote. And then they could have gone, and then they could have eliminated D. Yeah. Interesting. It probably it just, wouldn't have worked though, because it would have been Julie. It would have been Julie D and Austin all voting in one direction. Yeah, I. It just was so close to a juicy. It was finale. so messy. It was just, so messy. As soon as it was D and Austin in the finale, like it was interesting to see which one would win, but like you just knew it was one of them, and they both were basically in my head the same player. Close. But let's mention. Let's let's get. Let's just keep moving and. D wins the next immunity challenge. What do you guys think of that final immunity challenge? That was the one where they had to go through the obstacle course that was connected to a beam where they had to put blocks up to spell immunity. Jake broke the challenge for the first time in server history, literally broke the challenge, um, eliminating himself. Um, D won by a country mile. Um, what do you guys think of the of the challenge? I I enjoy that challenge. I enjoyed the challenge. Uh, again, I'm kind of I'm kind of hot and cold on D. So as far as her winning, I was kind of there, like cool. But when Jake had his little temper tantrum, <laughs> fucking <laughs> here for it. That literally made my night the day that I actually watched it, and I was just like, oh shit, like what's gonna happen? And you hear Jeff in the background like, Jake, don't break it. Jake, don't break it. Don't break it. And, and then, then he broke it. Everything falls and then just apart. snap. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. My, my favorite was was Jake being like, sorry, I didn't mean to angrily. And Jeff being like, angrily. I know. <laughs> like, wait, what happened? 
but no um well i'll say i um because i watched millennial gen z twice i noticed this is the same final competition with a remix uh that one they were standing on a thing trying to maneuver a wand through a maze rather than their feet yeah through a maze. co wrong co wrong had a similar challenge because they had one where you had to hold a rope i'm pretty sure and like the rope would like tip over a platform or not yeah something like that but all i, I remember the- is because ty i remember i don't know if this was like which season is one but i remember ty and his spelling, you know, his bouts with the English language and spelling the word immunity correctly. But well, I no, like this, this is, one because this this the has gone through different iterations. The high step was much more difficult in this one. Like you, it wasn't like a little like football warm up. Pre- like it was like yeah. knee high. You had to get up there. I, I probably would have sucked at this. I, I don't have any upward flexibility with my legs like I that. I mean, it's so. interesting how people approach the la- this this type of challenge because I think this is a this is this challenge is like a good example of like slow and steady wins the race because it actually does. Like she never rushed. She wasn't running through this challenge. Like she was taking it step by step and like the guys that rushed it, aka Austin and Jake, they knocked their stuff over like two, three times. J- like we said, Jake broke the goddamn thing. So, I don't know. I just think, you know, D deserved it, and it just adds to her resume. And now she has a big decision on her hands. So she has to decide who goes with her to the final three, and who makes fire. I'm gonna ask: Do you think D made the right decision in taking Austin with her to the final four and making Jake and Katora make fire? Go at it. Do we think she made the right decision? I'll go first. Absolutely. There was oh, only yeah, one only one decision to make. You can't let Austin go win fire and add it to his resume. So after that, the conversation ends. Charles? Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same with that. I think, um, you know, to Daniel's point a little bit ago, they were essentially the same player, um, depending on how you look at it. So giving him another advantage in being able to make fire successfully and get himself there to, to pull himself to the end. I mean, definitely a good choice to just already let him sit beside her. So let me ask if you're D and this was a moment that kind of made me really like that really piqued my interest. And like, I think it was a nice cliffhanger to leave before tribal. If you're D and Austin comes to you and goes, Jake can't build fire to save his life. And she wants Katora gone. She doesn't want to be sitting next to Katora at the final three. For some reason, she thinks Katora is a bigger threat than Austin, but that's besides the point. Um, do and, and Austin basically came to her and goes, like, Jake is struggling to make fire. The boy can't make fire to save his life. If you want Katora gone, you should put me in fire because I can take her out. What do you do with that information, knowing that you have a target that you want to get out because they know Katora struggles with fire? And they think Jake is going to, you know, can can safely take her out and they're fine with Jake sitting at the final three. What do you do with that information? I mean, obviously we're not there and, you know, it's kind of one of those things we say this, you know, whether it's Survivor or Big Brother, um, you know, being on the show and us speculating as outsiders are two completely different things. But I think. You know, again, in that moment for her making that decision of just like, oh, cool, I'm going to go ahead and pull Austin. Um, I think, too, it also continues to show her power 
in just having that situation to say, hey, I called this. I'm staying in 100% control. I'm not going to let Austin take over and tell me what to do in this moment, even though he's so sure that, you know, he's going to be able to take Katura out for us. That was just a move. I think, again, just a, a nice power move for her to say, I won this challenge, so I'm making the decision. Like for me, I don't want to say it was a no brainer because I don't know what her entire thought process was, but I think it was a no brainer for her, truthfully, even though she entertained the conversation with Austin and was like, oh, yeah, yeah, like that's fine. Are you sure you want to go in? I think she was already decided on what she was going to do at that point. Yeah, it's it's a nothing conversation for me. I think it's a bit of clever producing. Uh, I Katura was not nearly the threat that Austin was to her in game. So uh, no matter what the situation was, I'm not putting Austin in there. Like if it's Katura, Austin and I, or Jake, Austin and I, it still comes down to, you know, me and, and Austin doesn't matter who that third person is. I'm not going to risk. Like I was just doing it in my head. Uh, Austin had more powers, but she has one more um, uh, immunity win than him. They both were in the power, same a power alliance. They both had two number ones, like same exact player. You can't give Austin a fire win the night before the final tribal with the, like you, you saw how emotional Jake was after it. And he knew he still was probably wasn't going to win the game, but just the imagery of that fire burning, the flag going up, and then you get that little moment afterward where Jeff interviews and asks what the, that emotion means. If the Austin gets to say all those words that Jake said, then that could have swayed the jury and flipped those last two votes to him. That's way too risky. So I don't care how – Katura was not nearly as big a threat as that. Well, moving on, let's talk about the final tribal. I feel so bad for poor Jake. It was so clear that he was not part of this discussion. Every single freaking question was right at D and Austin. I think rightfully so. Um, in my opinion, the strongest players this season. No, no question about it. Um, I genuinely think that this season is an example of what I have been saying since I joined you guys on this podcast. I think the final tribal performance really, really effing matters. I really think it does. And I think that is half of why D won. Her performance at final tribal was phenomenal. She said what she had to, when she had to, she was intentional about what she said. And when she said it, more importantly, she wasn't impulsive uh, and just shouted out random things she did. She took things as like conversation took its course and waited out the right moment for her points to have an impact. Like, like Austin going like, Oh, this thing with Julie. And then she goes, wait, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I, I told Julie like little things that just oh. made everything work really cohesively. Yeah. Charles, I'll let you go. No, I'll just continue to be devil's advocate. Um, I would I would expect nothing less. No, exactly, exactly. Um, two uh, points. One, truthfully, poor Jake. Like, <laughs> yeah. I wanted him to win more than I wanted D, just because even though he wasn't the player that D was, for example, in just because for me, obviously, Austin was just a player throughout. Like Jake tried to be 
like the amount of effort that he put in to genuinely play the game was leaps and bounds better than some of those other people. So for me, I was giving him brownie points because you know what, dude, you got here. You literally tried your fucking damnedest to do what you could do to be here and like not just float around and actually live the game. It didn't work out for you. But you know what? Kudos to you. I was like, my God. I truthfully, and I know I probably disagree with all of the earth outside of like, and you and I, I texted you when I was watching. Um, so I forget the exact moment, but like outside of the one like direct clapback, if you will, or however you want to say it, that she had in conversation, I legitimately thought these responses were like, so indirect and roundabout, especially when people ask her direct questions. She like made eight circles to like get around to a point. And I'm like, you still haven't answered the question that they asked you. And this is one of those things for me where I've said this before too. Like, I don't feel like those performances are big unless you're like Sari and Jag, for example, where she hears that final thing and is like, fuck no, I'm not going to vote for you. But like, I 100% believe that all of the people in that jury had already decided who they were voting for. Like, there was nothing in me that felt like Z empowered them to say, no, oh my gosh, girl, let's go. Because, again, I'm not on the island with them, so I didn't experience everything they did. But just, I will say, I'm pretty an sure. Outsider, I was like, eh. I will say, I'm pretty sure Emily was planning on voting for Austin. Well, which I, would have made it a tie. So I see both your sides here. Like Charles, you, for sure, you know, when. No, and Emily, Charles, Charles's point has a lot of merit. When, so when Emily asked D, tell me one logical thing you did without your heart so I can get a, like a strategy from you. And her answer was, I don't, my heart and my head are the same, blah, blah, blah. Like that's just a word vomit answer. Like, yeah, uh. yeah. But then also, I do see your point, Richard, where uh, she held on to the fact that. She didn't tell uh, Austin about informing D, uh, D Julie about uh, the vote flipping on her. Uh, yeah. She saved that to the very end. Like there were other conversations yeah. about the same move in the game. She didn't say it the first time it came up. She waited till like the yeah. second or third time. That is pretty smart to do. Uh, I, but, I don't want to get my point to be misconstrued as like I'm saying that her like final tribal was flawless. I just think like when it comes to final tribals we don't see a lot of people that are actually like really good at it. And like, I appreciated her intentionality with like the what and when she made her points. And I think it made know? it, I think it makes a difference when it's this close between two people like Dean and Austin, like I keep saying in my head are the same player. Like they had a very similar stories. I can't distinguish their journeys that much where one excelled here, the other one excelled there. So I think that final tribal does make a difference in these scenarios Versus another scenario where there's an all-out player head and shoulders above and two weaker players. Yeah, you're not. No matter what you say, there's going to be an obvious winner. Here it may have made a difference. Yeah. Um. Personally, as the survivor, Charles says purist, but I'll 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 embrace it. Um. As a survivor super fan here, I'm gonna go out and say it. D, in my opinion, is one of if not the best winner we have had in the last few seasons in terms of a round balanced player she did a really good job of managing her relationships 
being strategic with them while not letting the social and like the actual like heart human relationship overtake it. Um, I don't think she's the most likable winner we've had. Last season's winner is hands down the most likable. Um, you two would freaking love him because he is pure entertainment. He's not like evil entertainment, Charles. I don't know how you how you'll enjoy it, but he's just last season's winner is completely crazy, very outgoing. Like think Sifu, like to the second degree. Like we're saying, like a positive Sifu, a positive like a positively like super fun, energetic, but like very strategically aware, which is where I differentiate him from Sifu. Um, I just love talking about Jam Jam because he is a Syracuse alum. So, um, but no, I think D's a very strong winner for the season. Uh, in my opinion, the strongest of the new era. Um, I think she played a really great game and I would love to hear if y'all agree with me. I'll go first again. Um, I feel as if I've gone first every time, but one maybe. I was gonna say I saw I saw Wes off drop his mic, and I was like, Charles. Yeah, no, no, I I just don't like the silence. I'm like, I'll just fucking talk. Uh, no, I think again, I haven't watched anywhere near as much as either of you at this point, so I have a very low standard to compare to. But thinking about just watching the gameplay that went on again with having. Julie there, Austin and Drew there, um, again, Jake, again, unsuccessfully trying to play the game. Like this season had so many people that were playing the game hard. And for D to come out on top of that, again, she wasn't my winner, but she won. And I, as a person that watches these shows for inter- entertainment, 100%, I appreciate that, you know, um, I can be salty about it all I want, but I I feel like there were definitely people there that she had to overcome in order to get the win. Again, thinking about Julie, thinking about Austin, thinking about Drew and and navigating those things. She did it exceptionally well. So kudos to you for sure. Yeah, I think she's a a great winner. Um, She checks all the boxes, you know, uh, immunity wins, check, social game, check showmance even check uh she was born into survivor privilege being put in a tribe that was you know strategic strategic players that meshed well together so she kind of was had a solid four the entire game until she was ready to drop a few of them so that does take away a little bit of her journey and story in the game versus what i've seen in other players who've won uh yeah she's fine i in the end i was rooting for jake as well i he's what saved the finale for me like i i enjoyed the finale but jake i i'm always gonna root for that underdog you know for my big brother opinions i like the weak players who have the come up in story and so uh jake he annoyed me a little bit in the beginning but this episode he was fantastic and you really got to see the soft side of him and uh yeah, I overall great let, season. Let me, and I think yeah. D was a, a good winner of the season. Let me ask out of curiosity, who do you guys think played a stronger game? D on Survivor 45 or Jag on BB25? D. D. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh Point taken. The D didn't spend half understand. the game living in a fantasy world that didn't exist. So yeah. <laughs> and I have no comment other than to say I have no further comment. I think that's a that's deep. 
<laughs> There's there was one move that I um I I've been listening to a few of like you know obviously their press stuff post the season and like there was something that I that uh D mentioned that was a move that she made that I wish that they had shown in the final edit because it speaks to how good of a player she was. Um, so D had a conversation with Kelly after um Kelly and Austin and I think it was Jay returned from the legendary sandwich journey, right? And D goes to Kelly and goes, Kelly, you're a great player. I would love to work with you. Can you tell me what happened on that journey? And she, you know, speaking to, I think she's, I think this was in a Rob interview. Rob has a podcast and, you know, and she basically said, I wanted to see a, either if she was going to be truthful and loyal with me or B how good of a goddamn liar this girl is or not, or does she suck at lying? And Kelly straight up lied to her because she had all the info right from Austin because she had all the info from Austin by then. Uh, Thanks for calling that one out. And Kelly completely lied and was like, oh, we had a feast. We had a great time. We drank and we laughed and we had a great time. And D was like, if I didn't know anything from Austin, I 1 million percent would have believed this girl. And that was the moment that I went to Julie and said, we this one needs to go. She's next. Yeah. And I think just like. I don't know. I I really enjoyed those kinds of like small, like nuanced moments, those little moves like D wanted to work with Kelly. Kelly could have been part of that Rio four, or it could have been like a whole separate alliance that D had and it could have changed the game in so many different ways. But like Kelly being as good as she is, I mean, I feel like it just gives further justification of Kelly's blind side just because she was that good. And I would love to see Kelly on another season because I think she was one of the best players on this season. I really enjoyed her. Yeah, I agree. And the reactions to that. <laughs> no, I, I love that. That's the, without having live feeds to follow, those are the little the little tidbits that I miss uh, and yeah. really give you, uh, that's why I feel more attached to Big Brother winners because I feel yeah, like, that's the thing. I feel like there's I've like spent pros and three cons months to... living with them versus like just 13 hours <laughs> in five I feel diaries. Like, yeah. I feel like there's pros and cons to live feeds. Like sometimes it just like it can ruin somebody for you, but it can also like win them over for you. And it's like so conflicting other on like, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what, what the hell we would do with survivor live feeds. First of all, they'd be a lot shorter because it's only (laughs) it's, it's now what? 25, 26 days. Yeah. Actually, it's not even a full month. I, and I, just from having watched a few seasons now of the old stuff, I think we're really missing out on not having those extra 12, 15 days that the old seasons have. Uh, I, it's just the survival aspect of it isn't as it's, important. It's a great point that I wanted to get to. And you watched Kagiyan, so you'll know who this person is that I'm about to reference. And I'm pretty sure I'm saying it correctly when I say that Chaos Cass was the one who said this. Um, Cass, notorious villain from Kagiyan that Westoff obviously now knows, thank God. Um, she said basically that she thinks like that it should go back to the 36 days because what she said was at day 25, it is when the paranoia and the elements really kick in and they really get to you. And so now in these new seasons at day 23, you're like three days left, you're grasping and you're there and it's easier to get to that point. And like Cass was like, obviously she doesn't want to discredit because like obviously Cass's season had more food, more resources than the newer seasons do. But she was like, I feel like the paranoia really kicks in 
at day 25, and that is when the new seasons end. Whereas on the older seasons, when you have the extra 10, 10 or so days, by the time you get to 36, by the time you even get to 33, 32, people are freaking loco, are freaking loco. Like they're crazy. They're cuckoo. They're, they've lost it. So like you're really seeing like the merging between like the elements to the psychology to how that affects the strategy, how that affects them in challenges, etc. And so I don't know. I appreciate that if they're going to make the the show shorter, they took away a lot of the resources, but I am still an advocate for give them more food, give them flint and let it run through 36 days. Just let it run because I think I think Wes, if you would probably agree with me, I hope you would like in those earlier seasons where you had the 36 days, I feel like the end of the game was so much more entertaining than it is now because they were fucking, they fucking lost their marbles by then. Yeah. Just that extra two weeks, like the, people looked like skeletons at some of the ends of these seasons. Some people, I remember Tony literally when Tony wanted, wanted one a reward challenge for food. He called Trish anorexia. When yeah. he called her up to take her on the on the reward, I don't remember. Uh, there's Tony another, was very unfiltered. There's another Charles season where crazy. the guy made a final five, and his reward was a steak dinner, and he ate so much steak he got constipated and had to quit the game at final five. Like that is I, insane. I forgot that happened. Like the desperation people get to at that point, and I, I, yeah, I what see Cass's happened? point. Uh, also, one more point I wanted to make about the season differences. The finale sucks now. Like the sorry, not the finale. The reunion sucks now. It was so much better okay. in a live audience, and really, it was so much better when you got to see them. Uh, what you. is it? Two, three months later, they're all fat again. They're in different clothes. They're <laughs> showered. Like I liked to see them get real, 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 real skinny, and then all of a sudden be back to a normal person. It was just kind of like a a fun like uh, guessing game at the end. Like, ooh, what are they going to look like as real people? I will versus say, like I will say, the, the night of. Re- it's just like. Uh, I will say a lot of the changes can be blamed on COVID. Yeah, a I, lot I of the and differences are blamed. They're saving on money now; it'll make the show go on longer. That's why they do shorter seasons. But like, it was so much better when you got to see like the after. I mean, like, the episodes are longer, and let me say that is a much appreciated change. Episodes used to be an hour; now they're an hour and a half. Is that correct? I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. this was ninety-minute episodes. So, so much better because it gave the editors so much more, like an extra half hour of time of airtime to play with. Allows them to add a lot more context, a lot more nuanced things. So I that is this I the really first year they did that, or is this like a yes? This all... is the first time that we've had all ninety minute episodes. Um, but no, I think um the live read at in in the studio in LA is super fun, and you get to bring back Survivor alumni and make connect, and it's 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 cool in my opinion. I I enjoyed those, but I mean I get why you want to do it the way they did. Um. It just works better for them production wise to do it fresh off the winning the million. Was the full cast in this reunion? I don't remember. Full cast was just jury. Just jury. Okay. I don't remember if the old if the old reunions had a full cast or not. I I could have used like another five seconds of Brendan. Or was that his name? The guy who quit and couldn't swim. Brandon. Please tell me. Please (laughs) tell me. You have seen his social media post the season. A little bit. I've just seen this. He's like embraced his so his role as like it's the so dream. fucking good. Wait, why it's is so it so funny? Good? Why? It's no, because he fully embraces the way that the survivor fandom kind of ragged yeah. on him for quitting. He doesn't try and he's, defend it or explain like, it. He's just I like, appreciate yeah, I did that. that. He's not trying to like be to like be a like bitch out of it and what's out of it. He's just 
and not to say that it like that it's like being a bitch or a wuss like to like check it out of it, but like he fully <laughs> he embraced it. I know <laughs> he fully embraced it and like is making fun of it and just and just embracing. It, it's kind of like it feels like a you know, you know, any publicity is good publicity type of thing, and like he's just making the most of it and like. I think at the end of the day, it's going to make him one of the more memorable cast members because I think at the end of the day, he's embracing a joke and, you know, he's being he's popular on social media because he's been really funny about it and it's going to make him be remembered a few seasons down the road. Whereas like someone like, I don't know, some who's not taking advantage of, of social the, media. Power. The first girl who left. I don't even remember her name. <laughs> Hannah. Oh, yeah, she, she made it. She made it. She made a joke on Brandon's thing. No, um, but no. Um, it's been fun to watch them interact. They've had theme parties. Um, this has been a recurring thing. Uh, last season's cast uh, had a watch party where they all dressed up as each other. This season's wa- uh, cast has had two parties. One where they dressed up as birds, I and then the another birds. one where they dressed up as um, former Survivor players, which was also really fun. But no, I, I like watching the post because you get to watch them like really embrace the show and, you know, show their personality. I feel like survivor contestants tend to show their personality off a lot more than big brother contestants do in the post, in the post airing. Big brother contestants thing. are trying to save their reputations when they come out of the house. Cause they've had the live feeds. They're working on, re- on rebuilding it. I don't know. I feel like personally, I feel like survivor and their contestants tend to be a little bit more kind of like outgoing in the post, like after the show has aired type of, like environment and they I think really there's just this, of it and there's something to you're surviving you're starving there's like a growth aspect there of getting through it that big brother doesn't have you're comfortable in big brother you're stressed but you're comfortable you've got food you've got shelter survivor like even if you get you know second to last place you can be like yeah but i starved for four days on an island like you could still partake in like i, I ate i, I was ate, part of this i ate i ate shitty rice out of a clamshell Rather than be like, and oh, on pooch, rather than like pooch poured uh, goo on me and I got kicked out of the house. Like, that's not as like. <laughs> but no, final thoughts on Survivor. Um, I don't know if you guys got around to watching the Survivor 46 preview. Um, Survivor's Instagram has been posting like like every every so amount of days they've been posting um, the audition reels the audition tapes that the official cast members sent in any final thoughts on this season final thought thank you um glad that you popped us into this um gave me something to look forward to every week and uh, i'm looking forward to um continuing the survivor journey i probably won't become a survivor purist because uh to be fair, strictly because I'm not going to enjoy looking at everybody's um, nasty bug bites and open wounds. So I'm and hard feet. on that. But every other aspect of the show, absolutely fucking love it. Um, no. So, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Similarly, uh, you have added a new obsession to my life, at least something that gets me through my 12 hour computer coding days. Uh, I've been going through the last month, so I uh, appreciate that. I thought the season was good overall. Um, 
I don't really know how it fits in my head right now because I've been watching like the best of the best old seasons. You know, I text you for what's the next one I should watch. So this one to me, I'm like, is it a low season? Is it middle of the road? I have no idea. It's new age. So it's also different. So I'm just confused to where me, it sits in my head, but I enjoy it. To me, it's top two of the new era. So of the, of the most recent five, I, like this is like, I'm still debating which one's better last season or this season. I think this season is probably the best of the new era. And like genuinely it is my favorite season in a while. Like it, I just think to Charles, to like Charles's point of what Charles said earlier, like you actually had people that were willing to go out there and actually play the fucking game. And it was a majority of the cast that was ready to play the game. In their own way, like for Caleb, I feel like it was more like social for Kelly, D and Austin and Drew. Let it be more strategic for uh, for Mama J, more social for I don't Emily. know. <laughs> Emily Bruce. was in your face and, and then having to reel it back. Just everybody was playing like they were actually playing the game. I'd like to you mentioned Emily. I'd like to shout out and thank season 43 winner Mike Gabler for for making Emily want to want to come on the show. I want to ask Charles, uh, did he entertain you? Will you say your name? You know what? I feel as if I did. Hindsight being 2020. No, I feel as if I said it a couple of times. But here's the thing. I slipped up. Emily. For me, is that like wannabe villain, but you're just annoying as shit, so I can't like you. Um, again, I'm here for the villains. Everybody knows that um, who's randomly listened to us, but like she wasn't even a villain to me. She was just annoying as shit. Like, so you know what, Emily, if you ever randomly hear this, I would love to talk to you because. I need you to prove to me that you are just not one of the most annoying human beings on this planet. Um, do, you, do you think? And she I say w- that with with the utmost um, respect. Um, but you know what? Maybe we'll get to chat one day. Do you think she wanted to be a villain, or do you think that the show cast her as a villain? Um, again, for me, you know going back to a point that we made earlier and thinking about strategy and like heroes versus villains. And, you know, if you're doing something on strategy, like if your personality is that, like, I don't need someone to edit you to be annoying. And I just feel like that was her genuine self. And even though she did have a little bit of a rite of passage of like, Oh my gosh, Caleb helped me see that I'm not like, Again, like these things, and that's the thing too, right? Like when we feel emotion and we feel, I feel like I'm in like one of my therapy sessions right now, but when, when we feel emotion, we feel those things, like that's when we get the most authentic versions of ourselves sometimes. So to be like, oh, that's not me and I don't act like that. It's like now you're in this moment where you're stressed and this is just like your gut reaction and this is like, you know what? Just fucking own it. That's you. But again, this is you on a show that you know is going to be broadcast to millions. So yeah, you're going to act differently. And again, you're trying to win a million dollars. Like things are going to be different. But at the end of the day, this is you. Stop the bullshit and you're annoying. But again, come talk to us, Emily. 
I I'd love that. F- financial analyst Emily Flippin, come on on. Uh, I think I think Charles I think Charles would love it. I mean, please some of y'all have seen the memes on social media of financial analyst Emily Flippin. It's been it's been great. Now, um, I hope you guys have enjoyed the show as much as I do. Um, I know Charles isn't going to become a survivor purist, but. I, I I will I will gladly wear that crown if it means Charles will join us back. February twenty eighth is the premiere for season forty six, so not too far away, which excites me because we'll be back into doing more of these. But with that said, that's all the time we have for this week's episode. Thank you all for listening and joining us on this journey with Survivor. I don't have the app. Oh. What did it? It was Snapchat. It was oh, Snapchat. Survivor. Uh, I put it into my notes app, so it was like this big. Oh. <laughs> Thank y'all for joining us, and goodbye. <laughs>